Polluted Minds Podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of the Polluted Minds Podcast. And today I am joined by my friend Greg Punches. That is correct, sir. How are you doing? Actually, well, I'm at your place, so. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. Hey, anytime, man. It's, it's not like we... It's good to just hang out with you. And, exactly. I was going to say... chat. We do that all the time anyway. Exactly. Um, so... I used to do that with everybody. So how would you, and I know how hard it is for you too. So how would you describe what you do to people that don't know you? Describe myself. And what you do, yeah. Well, you know, uh, I am the product of my father. Let's start off with that. My father was uh, an amazing uh, illustrator who uh, did everything from You know, his pr primary thing was science, what he's known for was the science fiction work he did over the years. But he also did many things like, um, you know, uh, Time Magazine covers, lots of work for Playboy, Penthouse editorial work. You know, he was, he was just a workhorse and uh, I grew up in a creative environment, you know. And so, you know, first and foremost, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a product of my, kid, my, 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 my parents, you know. My, Right. My, my father was a uh, uh, you know artist, and my, my mother was an actress. That was her her passion. Oh, so I have a little bit of that too because I like you know, like doing you know performing, whether it's in a with puppets for you know things I've done in you know creature work and things right. like that, or animating or getting into motion capture. So, right. You know. Okay. And now you do it all. Like you do. You started with. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know you could call me a. Um, You know, generalist isn't even the right word because that tends to make you make you think, oh, he's a CG generalist. Well, I'm a I'm a creative problem solver. Right. I'm a I'm a I'm a creative director, a director, depending on what I'm, you know, what hat I'm wearing on the day. Right, know? right. Yeah, very similar um, to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very similar to you. Very much so. Yeah. Um, you know, my day and day, you know, jobs can change from, you know working on a you know commercial like uh, the Ralph Lauren commercial I did, did last year to mm -hmm. possibly some cool upcoming game trailers that I'm I've got my fingers crossed for that I might be directing uh, and uh, you know before that I started my career in makeup effects that's right. that's where my you know my career began was was in you know when Nightmare I was, on Elm Street right that was your first Nightmare one? on Elm Street 2 yeah I uh, when I, well, my, when I was a kid You know, I mean, people ask me, how did you get your start? Well, there's two, two main inspirations. The original King Kong, mm -hmm. the 1933 King Kong, right. just mesmerized me as a child. Right. I just, there was just something about that. It wasn't just the, 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 the creatures itself, but it was the whole world that they created when right. they went to the island. It was all, everything was painted. It didn't look real. Mm -hmm. just, that's what was cool to me right. about it. And then actually, uh, believe it or not, in the, the 60s during the, you know, Was it still the first run of Star Trek? I don't know, maybe. Or was it the first reruns? I was a small child mm -hmm. watching Star Trek with my mom. I was four or five years old. And I was mesmerized by Spock's ears. I was just oh, like, really? Mom, what, how did they, how did they those ears have to, well, a makeup man made that, right. like a makeup artist. And from that moment, I was just fascinated with the idea that there's a, there was a job. Right. Your job was to go to work and create things. Right. And, and and so I you know I my passions were always like I would jump between like Ray Harryhausen you know and Dick Smith and Rick Baker and all these great special effects guys but it was always you know my you know I went back and forth between the makeup effects guys 
and the visual effects guys. But right. my earliest, you know, when I started to really get into it, makeup effects were at their, you know, their, one of their, you know, their golden age of, right. of, of the 80s. And, uh, you know, American Werewolf and The Thing had just come out, and those films were oh, just yeah. mm-hmm. game-changing for me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, th- those were, that's where I, you know, focused all my energy when I was, you know, from a 10, 12 years old, where mm-hmm. I would actually just sit in my room and put shit on my face. Right, know? right, right. And, you know, all the parents in the neighborhood, they either loved <laughs> or hate, hated me because I would send their kids home with, you know, <laughs> fake wounds and shit like right. that. Some of them thought it was great and it was funny and, they, you know, they thought I was talented. Other people just thought I was a pest, you know? <laughs> They're like, man, that asshole. You know, that, 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 perco- <laughs> that motherfucker that put shit on my li- kid again. <laughs> that precocious little kid. I remember learning the word precocious as it, because somebody described me right. as being precocious. That is just funny. You, know? <laughs> you were probably very popular during Halloween then. Yeah, you know, that was one of the most of the annoying things about being in, in makeup effects. Does is, everybody ask you? Yeah, I mean, it's like, hey, you know. You, this thing that you do for a living every day, right? You know, you do it for free for free, Halloween, and then everybody wants it on the same day. It's right. not like of it's course. spread out through the after year. I'm happy to help people out, right, and do stuff, but all on the same day, on a day that I probably just want to take off and right. not, you know, you know, necessarily work that day. You yeah. Know? So, um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I certainly, certainly uh, miss those days in some ways, being able to just touch things, you know, right. all the time. As you know, I spend a lot of time out in my garage just yeah. to get away from the computer these right. days. Getting back to, into touching clay versus working in ZBrush or, you know, working on a creative pitch for a client or whatever. Right. You know, just being, getting away from the sort of the, the what my life has become and in, in doing the creative work here. Being able to go back to the roots has been kind right. of fun over the last couple of years. That's my pandemic was, right. you know, fixing up my garage and making masks. Yeah, but I think that that's what differentiates you from other people because, like, not only do you know the visual, like the the, the digital side of things, but also you started from the practical, and I think that gives you a way different perspective than somebody who like straight up starts digitally. You know, you know, I think all perspectives are good. You know, no, for sure, having yeah. people that just because they focused in on the digital is 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 fantastic. Yeah. That being said, the more perspectives you bring to the table, of course, yeah the more ways of solving problems. There are times mm-hmm. where I solve problems with the com- in the computer with what, what, what somebody would think was a cheat that I got from practical world. So, you know, just mm. bottom lines, just as, you know, kind of the simple things of like knowing the difference between building a building and a facade. You know, right. in, in movies, you know what you have to build and you build the minimum of what you need right. to build. There's a tendency in the computer Everybody would want to build everything. That's mm-hmm. not always efficient. You yeah, know, it's not the, especially if you're doing every. You know, you know. I I work on jobs where I'm working with giant teams, where mm-hmm. I'm just supervising. Then I work on jobs where, you know, me and just a few guys are working on right. projects. So when there's you know very few people and you're trying to do something cool, you have to use your energies wisely yeah. on the stuff on the screen and not on stuff that people aren't going to see. Right, that makes sense. So it's kind of crazy how you got. Um, so your dad. I like for those listening all around this house. There's amazing paintings by Greg's dad that are just fucking amazing. Like that's such a cool style. And then so your dad ended up painting the logo for Doom and the poster for Doom One, right? Not not two, right? Yeah. So 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 for somewhere around, I guess it was like '89, uh, something like that. No, it's like no '90, no '90. 
two before the game came out. Because it was, it was a year or so before the game came out, you know, the, the, the conversations first mm-hmm. started. Let me just double check the fucking audio. Yeah, all good. Cool. My, my dad gave me a call and said, hey, you know, I've been contacted by these guys who are doing this video game. And I went out to talk to them and I saw what they were doing and, you know, the game is going to be just amazing, you know. He was just blown away with what they were doing, and he wasn't, you know, really into games, but he could tell what they were doing was right. a step forward. And but he noticed that they were trying to do stop motion mm-hmm. using these these you know clay models without any proper armatures or anything like that. And he's like, "Hey guys, you know, uh, I know I'm here to talk about this painting I'm doing for you, but you guys might want to talk to my my son. I mean, he does this stuff, I mean, right? Like for real, you know, mm-hmm. like." He, you know, he, he's, you know, he knows how to run this, makes, make these models in foam latex and make armatures and things like that. And so uh, I was contacted by them and uh, went over and, you know, I was completely, you know, went over to their big, what we used to call the board building in McKinney, Texas. It was mm-hmm. this big black box mm-hmm. and went into their office. I don't know, there's like seven to 12 guys there max, you know, and, you know, they had basically just, invented and proofed death matches like the right. the night before and uh kevin cloud introduced me to to john romero and he was just kind of sh- showing me like the how death matches work and there was a guy over there working you know shooting on one and a guy mm-hmm. over here shooting one and my mind was just blown because i could i could actually remember maybe even 10 years before that playing you're being at like the arcade seeing golden axe or these crazy right. early yeah, games, yeah. thinking you know it'd be really cool is if you were virtually in these, mm-hmm. you know, like saying you're going through this. And I actually kind of saw this as a thing, right. you know, before it ever happened. Now I didn't have the technical know-how mm-hmm. or, or drive to create create these things. I was more interested in tangible makeup right. effects and stuff at the time. But uh, you know, just to see this kind of thing happening was just like wow. And so yeah, so I ended up creating the Spider Mastermind, and then they had me immediately start on the Mancubus Archfile. Mm-hmm. And Revenant for for Doom Two, mm, that's so, so that's how I that's how I was in, you know first introduced to those guys, which was you know such a different time because you know I actually was giving them a break because I kind of felt sorry for them because they seemed like a really small company, right. you know, and they were at the time, but you know in hindsight, who uh, the fuck would have known that? Yeah, I mean there was you know there was even talk of hey would you you know but as I was coming up with my price, they're like well you know if the price is too high, would you consider points to mm. offset the Shit. price? And I'm like. Thinking to myself, well, you know, I need that extra five hundred bucks this right. month to to right. make to make rent. You know, right. just right. simple as that. Yeah. Now I would just be, you know, if I could go back and talk to my, you know, my <laughs> kids self, self, I would just shake myself and say, take only points. Insist that look, no, I believe in your project, and right. you only want points. Right. Right. You right. Know? Man. Yeah. So you know, it's strange because I mean, you know, that was one opportunity because then they they kind of offered me a gig right. Back then, I mean, I can remember mm-hmm. as soon as I delivered the mastermind, uh, Romero saying, uh, uh, "You want a job?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, ah, I got my own gig going. Kind of right. like, well, I want to be my own boss. Yeah, what the hell I was thinking? Because uh, I certainly wasn't making any money back then. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, a few years later, when they were uh, ramping up for uh, Doom Three, they had just lost one of their main artists at the time, and they reached out to me because I had gotten into digital by then. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was. You know, doing high-end texturing work and you know all this kind of stuff back then, and uh, they kind of you know, courted me to come on. And right. you know, it was kind of weird. I don't know if it, they were just at a weird place, but the place just seemed kind of um, they just seemed unhappy. It wasn't the, just the, the mood when I walked into the office. Mm-hmm. 
I thought everybody looked really unhappy and down, and that was the main reason that I didn't take it. That, During Doom, kind of, Doom 3? Doom or? 3, yeah. Okay. yeah I, that, I, there was just something, there was just some melancholiness in right. the office mixed with, I also had, you know, I was very loyal to the company I was working with mm-hmm. at the time because he, the guy, you know, the company, you know, gave me the chance to get into CG and I wanted to give them my all. Right. And so, you know, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, you know, like, like fuck, dude. You know, so I could have gotten in there, but you never know. Maybe yeah. one day again, it'll, you know, yeah. opportunity will rate, you know, and I'll get to you know participate on uh, with those guys again. That'd be true. awesome to to work on another Doom project or a Quake project or whatever the hell they got. Quake will be dope if they would redo that and shit. I wonder, I wonder what they're gonna do with Quake. Quake yeah. doesn't seem to have the. Um, the legacy that Doom has? Yeah, and I don't know if that's just because it didn't continue, but it didn't seem to have, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know, it seemed more generic mm-hmm. in my eyes. Maybe because yeah. there was other competition at the time, but it didn't seem like there was as much of a story kind of thing to it. Yeah, and, for you sure. know, just Not that Doom had a great story, but I don't know. At least not in the beginning. I mean, well, and now they kind of took it way too far, I think. But uh, Well, yeah, I mean, you know, to each their own. I mean... I certainly think the gameplay in the newest game, you know, games are... Gameplay is dope, yeah. It's it's the best of any of the games. For sure, you know, for sure. And the game designs and be, releasing, you know, Doom Slayer to climb and do different right. things breaks up, the, breaks up the flow. I think mm-hmm. all that stuff's cool. Yeah. I, but the look... Yeah. From, I, for me, it's just, you know, it's gone to a little bit more fan, fantasy land than yeah, I thought. Yeah, for sure. He-Man, yeah. He-Man. Yeah, a little less He-Man, a little bit more... Aliens and, and, and Evil Dead, and, yeah. you know, which was the original right. inspiration. Yeah. But I, I get what they're doing. It certainly broadens the the appeal of the game. You For know? sure, yeah. You yeah. know, there's certainly... It, it does feel like a shooter that you wouldn't mind your your, your seven-year-old playing, you know? Mm-hmm. But I kind of wish Doom wasn't a game that you're seven, you know, seven-year-old. Because that's what it was in the beginning. Like, Doom was the first... Like, I just got my first PC and I got Doom 2. Some dude copied it to me. And I was like, wow, this is fucking, like, I feel like I'm having something that is not allowed. You know what I mean? Like, because that's how it felt back then, because nothing was like that. And they certainly do things in the new games that make you feel that to a certain extent. Like the the Glory Kills. The Glory Kills, yeah, they're just fucking crazy. They're just freaking dope as hell. Mm -hmm. Dope as hell. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so, you know, but, you know, who am I to say they've done a great job? I mean, all this being said, of course, yeah, they're just creative choices. Yeah, right? yeah they're not sure. good. They're not. They're not wrong. They're not wrong or right. They're. It's a valid choice, right, for the franchise. Right. You know. Yeah. You know, and you know, I certainly understand the thinking behind behind some of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I certainly still think they could tim the lights down a little bit in places. For where, sure. Yeah. You know, some people complained about the dark places in Doom Three. Well, no, I, you know, I didn't great. really work on Doom Three. You right. know. Uh, you know, other than a uh, you know tiny bit on some extension pack where I helped with some animation, but there there was there was a the, I thought the contrast between the dark and the light was a cool thing. It mm-hmm. made it creepy, you know. But um, sure, yeah. some people hated the fact that you couldn't see at times, you know. I like Doom Three a lot, actually. I remember when it came out, there was a level editor, and I kind of rebuilt my house. In the Doom Three level, I yeah, sweet. And like we had that, like this weird shower, and I put a zombie floating in there and shit like that. <laughs> got, to, got, got to shoot the zombie in the shower. Yeah, exactly. I had a fucking uh, cyber demon or whatever the equivalent was in 
Doom 3. I don't even remember, but there was like a big ass demon too that I put outside my house. And I was like, that's fucking cool. That's what I want my neighborhood to look like. So I fucking build it that way. There you go. <laughs> and you worked on Robocop. Too. You worked on all three, right? Yeah, I worked on all three Robocops. So yeah, I got. First it was Elm Street 2. And then. So both of these jobs, uh, you know, were. were you know, this, a friend of mine who lived in Houston was this guy named Bart Mixon, who has been over the years on pretty much every, he's worked on so many movies. He's become mm. such a a legend, you know, in the industry, just as far as like a, he's a guy that you call when you need, you know, your makeup's applied. He's right. worked for all the best people in the industry over the years. But, you know, flashback to 1984 or whatever, 85, you know, he called me up and said, hey, look, I'm going to work on Elm Street 2. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to need some help. You know, they don't have a lot of money. Send them your work, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I got I sent some work out to Mark Showstrom, who was a budding makeup effects guy at the time. And he had the, the this big transformation sequence for, for Elm Jesse. Street 2. And I sent him some work and, you know, some, you know, back then sending anybody was actually a chore. You had to actually mm-hmm. go and make sure you had your pictures developed. Right. Put them in a package, send them to somebody, wait for that phone call for the response. Mm-hmm. You know, it was you know, not as simple as sending an email as right. it is today. You With know? a fucking video link. So, yeah. so you know, did this all as fast as I could, blah, 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 blah. And I get, I, basically I get a gig on Elm Street 2. I'm 18 years old, right out of high mm-hmm. school, you know? And, you know, this, this was like, you know, my, what I dreamed of doing. So I, you know, basically parents bought me a plane ticket, sent me to Los Angeles for, and I was, you know, coming out here to make what was it, 200 bucks a week mm-hmm. at the time. Even then in 1985, 200 bucks a week, I was getting robbed, right? right? But I didn't care, right? Right, right. Because it, like, it, it was an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so, you know, so the first thing they gave me was, there's, there's a sequence where uh, Jesse, played by Mark Patton, is in this cabana and he's he's kind of making out with his girlfriend and this, this Freddie's tongue just comes right, out of his yeah. mouth and licks her chest. And so uh, Mark, you know, we were waiting to cast the, the Mark Shostrom was, uh, we were waiting to t- cast the actor. The actor was not available yet. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, just everybody sculpt a tongue, <laughs> you know? And so it was a tongue sculpting context right. test. And so we all started sculpting and mine got picked. I mean, oh, as shit. a kid, you know, that's there's, so there's, dope. There was three other, you know, guys had worked in the business right. or whatever. He's like, he's like, this is the dopest one. You know, right, this, right, right. This is, this is the sickest looking tongue. You made like, the best sweet. tongue, man. <clears throat> uh, so um, Bart ended up building all the mechanics for it. So anyway, that was a fun project. I ended up doing way more on the project than I ever thought I would get to do. I mm-hmm. ended up especially towards the last few days because frankly we were all exhausted mm-hmm. and i guess because i was 18 i had a little bit more energy than right. other folks <laughs> that uh, i was able to push through during some things and um, the last three days we didn't sleep at all mm-hmm. and the night before we were shooting there wasn't much painted at all mm-hmm. I mean, as as, these are you know they had to match the actor they needed to look right. like the guy and they just let me paint this one little piece. Here, you just paint this really quick, this background thing, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And, and they saw me do it, and they're like, they started just lining up the thing. You just keep going. You just keep doing what you're doing. You know, there's even one part where they go, you know it's 
it's not supposed to be blotchy. I was like, just let me do what right. I do. And I just kept painting and painting. And they're like, shit, just bring, keep bringing them the heads. So mm -hmm. I just painted basically all the, the transformation heads for that for that sequence. They already had been base coated. They had a really good you know color to them that uh, right. Mark had provided. But they needed the, you know, the different tonal breakups and stuff like that. So um, the next day we went in and I, we're so tired. I can remember getting there on set and they were, you know, we weren't ready. You know, they're never ready to shoot when you show up, right. you know. And so we're there and I, um, at some point I'm so tired. I'm, I'm literally just looking for any place I can just lay down, mm -hmm. close my eyes. And in the, in the, in this little like green room area we were at with, you know, a couple other people, some, some extras and stuff, there was a, a, a table, like a coffee table that was like, you know, just low coffee table, no mm -hmm. more than a foot off the ground. And I just crawled underneath the thing <laughs> and just hid from people for about an hour uh -huh. just to close my eyes. For right. Then we had to go, then, then all the puppeteering stuff started up. And once, you know, the, the juices had, you know, kicked in everything, I was fine. But, oh, my God, we were so tired. I think we were hallucinating on the way home because we were just so damn tired. Right, right. But, uh, you know, I, you know, to start my career with, uh, you know, being, having, you know, Robert England, you know, I'm, I'm puppeteering this, I wish I could show on this, this mm -hmm. audio recording, but right. this puppet is placed against a wall. Mm -hmm. I've got my arm operating the head and the other arm is sticking out through the thing and it's being filmed as, as, as Jesse's left arm. And Robert England's under here <laughs> to my right. And I'm like you know, 18 years old. Right. I, I, Fucking Freddy like, Krueger right and there. A year, a year ago, Freddy Krueger just come out and he's like the, the biggest horror star in the world. Right. So my mind was blown. I thought every day was going to be like that from mm -hmm. then on out. You know, so I was a little disappointed that I didn't work on on nothing but horror films from, right. from that point out. You know, right. but uh, I got then. So after that, I got to work on RoboCop. That was how this all started. On on the first, I worked on all three photo um, RoboCop films. On the first one, my primary task was painting RoboCop. Mm -hmm. His suit would, you know, basically it was created out of this this sort of semi-flexible urethane, which in the paint that that was supposed to stick to it did did not stick to oh, it. Oh, so you had to. So every day you ended up having to, you know, especially if if he did any action scene at all, it was a complete repaint. It mm -hmm. was basically okay. Start, you know, using this incredibly toxic sludge that you know the, this this stuff called SC eighty nine and it's. SC89 thinner. You'd have to try to strip it down, blend any edges down, then start painting it again with a you know base coat of this dark sort of silver, and start layering all these different colors. Yeah. And I mean, this went on every day. We had to repaint that damn shit. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't the best choice of materials. You mm -hmm. know, but and they learned from it on the second film. Mm -hmm. um, on the second film, I was in charge of RoboCop on second unit, right. which means in that film it was all the special effects. Oh, so okay. uh, anything with Phil Tippett, mm -hmm. where he was shooting a big stop motion sequence, generally it was second unit Robo, because mm -hmm. it wasn't generally Peter Weller for the action sequences. Yeah. He was a stuntman, stuntman and stuff like that, or the big stunt sequences. So on that film, it, the second unit was almost as big as as the first unit mm -hmm. because it just had to be because of just the, the nature of that movie and right. and how extensive the stop motion sequences were. And, and, and really, Phil was directing all that. So mm -hmm. learned so much from working with that guy. I picked his brain like 
if there was a downtime, I would just go over and sit next to Phil mm-hmm. and talk about monsters and creatures yeah. and his thoughts on the best way <laughs> to do things and my thoughts about the best way to do things and all that crap, you know? That's so dope. Uh, it's the best. Shit. I can remember one day he just got this call and he's panicked and they had this, they had just had the big earthquake up in San Francisco, the one that like, mm-hmm. they, they were having the World Series. And oh, the yeah, yeah. Shut mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. It was a huge earthquake. And his shop had just, you know, a bunch of damage. And he's just walking around the, you know, the set, just, you know, freaked out, right? Because, right. you know, he could, you, you feel helpless when you're away from yeah. home like that. Yeah, of course. So that was a, an interesting time. But yeah, yeah so, so Robocop was awesome. That's crazy, dude. And then Robocop 3, I just, did a little bit more of the second unit stuff. It was a much smaller film in general, and the second yeah. unit was pretty small. And then you was, um, I saw on your, yeah, I stalked the fuck out of you. <laughs> I saw that you did the Moonwalker video game something. Where I was it's like, not really a video game. It, it was Moonwalk. I was working for Rick Baker at the time. Uh-huh. And so at Rick Baker's, I worked on Coming to America. What do you do on that? Uh, basically, I was, I was the foam guy. At Rick, so basically any mm-hmm. prosthetics that needed to be run, mm-hmm. they'd you know the molds would come into my the, to the the foam room, and I'd you know put mold release in them, shoot foam into them, no, stick gotcha. them in the oven, bake them, rinse, repeat, mm-hmm. do that all the time. So uh, coming to America, there was a ton of stuff, and also I did Beauty and the Beast with uh, Ron Perlman. The TV show, right? The TV show. That yeah. shit, man. I watched that back then. It was that's interesting man I totally forgot about that also when I looked up your credits I was like hold on let me see there has to be shit I don't know about yet and then I saw that and I was like man I so specifically remember that show being on and uh, yeah so that was interesting that was an interesting show man like yeah it was it was crazy it was kind of like this uh, I don't know it was kind of odd you know there there was definitely this bestiality component to the whole thing (laughs) you know (laughs) And there's, you know, afterwards, there's a, there, you know, there's all these women that lusted after Ron Perlman and his cat makeup. You right. Know? <laughs> that was, a, but it still it had kind of a darker tone to it. You oh, know, for, like, for then, yeah. yeah, it was a little soap opery too. For sure, for sure, absolutely. But still, like in in its essence, it was kind of pretty dark. I remember that at the time. Yeah, for sure. That was interesting. Linda Hamilton. That, oh shit! That was her. That's oh, yeah. right. Yeah, it was Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Fuck, dude. And so, yeah, so the Moonwalker thing. So that was the Moonwalker. It wasn't a video game. It was the the uh, thing that was at Disney World. The oh, the, the, the video thing, the, the experience, whatever. Yeah, the Moonwalker mm-hmm. thing. There's a big transformation where yeah. Michael Jackson turns into a robot. And I just, I ran some foam pieces on oh, okay. on that. You know, it's not, wasn't exactly a... Uh, um, I think on IMDb it says video game, though. I think you're listed for the Genesis. It says game. video game. You know, IMBD is, it can be a little bit uh, iffy on their... Especially if you credits. try to change shit. Like, I, there is one credit on there that I have for writing a short, and I wanted that shit off so many times, and it's still fucking there. Dude, I've got one on there, too, that I, there was a, a film called The Dummy <laughs> where I'm listed as doing the special effects. But uh-huh. truth is, I was hired to do the special effects, but because they never paid me, I walked off set with all the special effects I created. Right. So anything in that movie that they claimed that I did, I did not do. Oh, shit. You know, and so there's a lot of really bad puppetry of a dummy that I had nothing to do and with. And people think, oh, that must be right, great. Right, yeah. And so, so you know, I'm like, take my, no one's ever seen this film. Thank, thank God. It is, it, people think Plan 9 from Outer Space is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, 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 there's nothing worse than the, the dummy. That's uh, funny. There's a crazy story that the director of this thing, 
I'm not going to mention his name, but <laughs> you can look it up if you want to. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not going to tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> no, thinking yeah. of it, I'm not going to tell no, the story. No, he's a freak. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Bonafide. And you worked on uh, From Beyond as well. See, that's also what I didn't fucking know. Yeah, I worked on From Beyond for a bit. That was uh, an interesting experience. It was... Uh, I had just, you know, I had come back to to work for Mark Showstrom and uh, From Beyond had come up. And right about that time, I had also had a um, a massive car wreck. Oh, shit. And I had this head injury. And uh, so uh, who I was before the head injury and who I was after wasn't exactly the same person. Mm. And, I, and I struggled a bit, to be honest. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll be, be honest, uh, on that movie... I had trouble focusing. Mm -hmm. There was also a little, lot of jealousy going on. There, there were some people brought onto the, you know, into the pro, you know, into the circle that I wasn't necessarily getting along with at the time. Right. You know, a lot of it was, you know, we were both. We thought a lot of ourselves. Both of us did, you know, mm -hmm. and we butted heads, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, because of the problems I was running into at the time from my head injury and. You know, frankly, it was the 80s and, you know, I was having a little too much fun out here in Los <laughs> Angeles mixed with, uh, you know, this this massive injury, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I wasn't necessarily the best Greg, you mm -hmm. know. So, <laughs> Not uh, the best Greg. <laughs> you're the best Greg. So anyway, so so I was struggling a bit back then. And, uh, you know, actually it was the first job I ever got fired from. Oh, shit, really? from beyond, yeah. And, uh, you know, years later, you know, me and Mark have, Showstrom have made up. We, we've talked about it because I was right. pretty upset about the whole thing. Yeah. You know, there were some things he didn't know, you know, at the mm -hmm. time. He didn't really grasp that a lot of what was going on was due to this, right, you know, this head, head injury. I mean, you can see right here, still, you see this scar mm -hmm. right down here that my head was split open because, you know. Oh, shit. Because, you know. That was here in L.A.? Yeah, oh. I was, I had actually done my first, like, music recording ever where I was in a music studio sing, singing, re singing and recording a song that I had written. What, dude? I didn't fucking, you know what? Yeah, anyway, so, so I had just... <laughs> Did this this thing? It wasn't any good. Don't don't. The song wasn't <laughs> bad, but my singing was terrible uh -huh. at that time. I was not comfortable with a microphone and uh -huh. and how much to sing out and not sing out. Yeah, right, right, right. I was not. I wasn't confident. You have to. In your if, if you're a singer, you have to. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you yeah. have to be as confident. Yeah. You can sing great by yourself, but mm -hmm. you're gonna be able to sing with other people around. You yeah, know? Yeah, That's yeah. And that. yeah. I've known people who can sing great by themselves, but as soon as they're on stage, right, they can't. Right. Right. You know? But anyway, so so I was. Driving back from this in the middle of the night, I was just on cloud nine because I just recorded a rock and roll right. record, you know? And I was so stoked about it. And the next thing I would do is I wake up and I hear somebody going, is he alive? And then somebody oh, else goes, there's no way he can be. Fuck. And then I just remember going, I, I am alive. And right. then, then a few minutes later, I, waking, I remember waking up in an ambulance and they're flipping me over because I'm vomiting because I'm in shock or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the next thing, you know, I'm at the hospital because there's these moments of consciousness that right. go in and out. And basically what had happened, and, you know, it took years to, or a year or so to figure out, you know, exactly what How, had happened, mm -hmm. was there was a guy who would, apparently this was fairly rampant at the time, there's a lot of insurance fraud here. There still is mm -hmm. here in California, but not like it was because there's laws that have been mm -hmm. changed to make it more difficult. But there would be a guy that would just go park his car on the highway Mm -hmm. Get out of his car in the middle of the night, wait till somebody to hit his car, then go and get back in his car and sue And pretend like he was a motherfucker. And what he would do is he'd wait till one year to the date mm -hmm. 
then send you a lawsuit. He sent me and my parents a lawsuit for a million bucks. What the fuck? You know, but the day before, so there was no time to do a countersuit mm -hmm. to sue him. Man. We got a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. We found out he had seven other cases exactly the same wow, way. Wow, what a But dick. because of the way the law was written, they couldn't say in these other cases that he's that this and is what they, they them, couldn't yeah. use this against him, which is just wow, crazy. Yeah, so, so anyway, that's, you know. That's fucked up, dude. It's completely fucked up. Yes, yeah, so I mean, that fucked me up for, you know, quite a few years. What you know, I, still, I, mean, I don't think I've ever really recovered completely. You that's know? fucking crazy. You know? um, wow. So... Wow, what a dick. Yeah. Let's hunt him down right now. You know, what are you going to do? Chop him up. Yeah, I figured karma got him at some point. Probably. He's probably dead already. Yeah. Motherfucker. Um, yeah. yeah. I didn't even know you were working on Ready Player One because it, here's the funny thing. I never read the book, but a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine here from LA, he was like, yo, you got to watch that movie. It's going to be amazing because he loves the book. And then I was like, hold up. What? Fucking Greg worked on that. <laughs> You were, yeah. What did you do on that? I was, a, I, I was a basically a supervisor on that. I didn't do any hands-on work. This is when I was over at Aaron Sims, and I was working, I was overseeing a number of jobs. Mm -hmm. We were doing background characters. So we had, so Aaron and his team, uh, Matt, Jared, Kyle, all these guys that I just, I'm, I'm absolutely, they're brilliant artists, they're great friends of mine, I love these guys. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they had created all these amazing uh, uh, characters for, for Ready Player One, but then we got hired to produce them and turn them into production assets. Oh, okay. And so I was basically the 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 supervisor, basically for the stuff that we were sending out out of house and then sending back to them. It was I, honestly, it it's one of those things that's on my resume, but I didn't do a lot of hands-on work, mm. so I don't really talk about it a lot. Okay. You know. You know, Matt did ninety percent of the work on right. the job. You know, Matt. You know, Matt and, and those guys did, did most of the work. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, it's one of those things where uh, it, it was a tricky situation anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, that's dope, though. And what? Did, and then you kind of was Area Fifty One the first E three trailer where you kind of ended up in the whole game trailer shit? Because yeah. I remember you said that somebody was like running into a time like a yeah. deadline issue or something. Yeah. So. Before, so so flashback, I don't even know what year that was. Christ, was that 90s still, possibly? Uh, Either late 90s late or Late 90s, early 2000s, mm -hmm. something like that. Um, we, yeah, I went to work for a company in Dallas called Janimation. That's, you know, I spent 20 awesome years there. So I started off, you know, we're gonna have to, gonna, we're gonna have to circle back about how I started, yeah, start, yeah. even got there. Yeah. So, so, uh, I, you know, I, as soon as basically in the the mid '90s, when you know I've been working on, had worked on Doom. Mm -hmm. After Doom, I was hired to make a lot of other stop motion models for other video games. Some of the video games never were completed. There was mm -hmm. a, a, grand, a a game called um, Savage Heroes from the, uh, Electronic Arts, the that fighting was game, right? Fighting game, animals mm -hmm. fighting game, and I made twenty stop motion models for that oh, thing. Shit. Way more work than I ever did right. for Doom, and much more sophisticated as far as. Everything about them, from the sculptures to the models to the armatures, everything, and, and they got better because I made twenty of them. So right. there was a lot of learning, right? You know that happened in in, in that process. Um, but I was working on this stuff, and we went and saw Jurassic Park somewhere in that mix, right? Mm -hmm. And I knew, literally, walking out of the theaters, I said to the guys that you know, where it's like I'm going to have to change mediums if I plan to stay. Right. But I had no idea what that. I, I didn't know how. Mm -hmm. 
I was going to get into computer animation. It sounded like I just imagined people just programmed stuff and just typed on right. on keyboards, and there yeah, wasn't you in know, front of black screens. You know, <laughs> how do you make a dinosaur? On right. A, you know, you know, I had I didn't really have a grasp of of how the stuff you know was done. I started to you know read a little bit about it. Had some friends. Lynn Cottle was the first person I ever knew who. Um, knew a lot about like he was the first person using like hobbyist 3d software mm -hmm. various different you know things and i would look at this stuff and go oh that's that's super cool and just kind of get think about it downloads shit from like america online crap <laughs> it's like a lathe 3d and make it like a lathe you draw you draw you could like make a shape and you can make a vase it's like mm -hmm. oh, that's super cool man mm -hmm. that's like my first 3d program but anyway so i you know didn't really have a you know super idea of how this stuff was done but i knew that Damn That's going to be the next thing. That was the thing. So I had, I was working on this commercial where I was doing this mailbox face, and they were going to use a human's face, and mm -hmm. they were going to put it onto a digital mailbox. And there was this company in town that was going to do the mailbox, name, the, this small company called Janimation. They were an animation boutique. And as the project got started, uh, Steve Gossinier, the owner, one of the owners of the company at the time, uh, came over to my studio and saw the stuff that I was doing. He's like, you know, we're looking for an anime because I mentioned to him my interest in, in doing this kind right. of stuff. And so there was talk there for a while about them buying my company or whatever. And finally, it was just made more sense for me to just be hired by them. Mm -hmm. And I always kind of at the time was planning like, well, I'll still keep doing practical stuff, but I'll do digital stuff. But that wasn't going to work out. I needed to immerse myself in Full digital. Time, yeah. You know, just because it, you know, it was a complete change of vocabularies, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, you know what tools you know. Yeah, you couldn't have asked that. Yeah, so so I needed to really just dive in. So um, they sent me away for one week of school. Mm -hmm. Shit. <laughs> and I literally had never done anything except for a drawing in Photoshop. Not even in layers, just like right. drawing and painting. I didn't know about. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really grasp grasp mm -hmm. the whole thing. I had just gotten Photoshop for my PC like a year before, and I'd done a couple of designs in it for right. you know clients, but nothing. I would laugh at any of it now, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and so uh, they sent me off. And this was back in the time when 3D was being done on IRIX machines, yeah. big, scary machines running, you know, SGI, you know, big SGI computers running, yeah. you know, alien IRIX, you know, <laughs> Linux kind of stuff, yeah. you know. And I get there, and so I have one week of training, and not only do I have to learn Softimage 3D, the 3D program, I'm also having to learn like how to copy files using command line shit. Mm. And I'm dyslexic. So copying stuff, just if if I have to copy a folder and I have to type entire paths right. of stuff, forget about it. Yeah, right? yeah. That's that's not me. I need mm. to be able to drag a folder from here to there, <laughs> yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And so I I was absolutely sure after my first week of school that, you know, they were gonna fire me. Mm -hmm. There's just no way I was gonna be productive, right. you know. But I, I knew that I could do one thing. I could show up before they ever got to work every day, and I could leave mm. after they did right. and try. Yeah. And you know, and so I did that, and I would, you know, take the books because we didn't have the internet back then to <laughs> yeah. learn 3D. We did not have YouTube to mm. just how do I need to do this thing right now? You know, now it's easy. I can figure out how to do right, anything. anything anytime by looking yeah. it up on YouTube. Yeah. On your fucking phone. <laughs> yeah, on your phone, you know, in between stuff, yeah. right? You can you can find stuff out. And so we had this giant stack of books, and I'm not kidding, two and a half feet mm -hmm. thick. I mean, you know, maybe right. more, three feet of books, you know, right. book after book after book mm -hmm. that was for this one piece of software. That's so crazy. So I would start, I started, I figured I'd just start reading it, 
to the part till it got to programming because I knew I'd never do any programming. Just read every single single mm. thing about it. When I read it the first time, I swear I didn't know what what seventy five eighty percent of the words even meant. Right. You know, other than the words that connected. Yeah. You know, polygons, nerves, isoparsms, and all these you know these different terms. I, I you know I had no bump maps, displacement maps. Right. What are these things you speak of? You mm -hmm. know. Yeah. You know. What language so, is that? You know, and so. It was, you know, but so I started reading it, but I figured I would just keep doing it, you mm -hmm. know. I'm being dyslexic. I'm actually, I'm not a bad reader. I'm just, I'm worse at copying. So like, so right. if I have to copy stuff, but I was a pretty good, re good enough that I could, you know, read at a pretty high level and just keep reading, you know, the books. And then I'd try to go and apply the knowledge, you know, and I just kept doing that for, you know, about a year. And by, you know, at some point they... I, would, I, had I had figured it out enough that mm -hmm. they kind of just said, okay, you're going to be the guy that does all our 3D and you're the head of the 3D, you know? Right. I was the only guy at the time, but, mm -hmm. you know, that was kind of like, you know, how, how there, we, we started. And then we slowly started doing some character stuff because that's why I got into it. First right. things first, though, I mean, I, most of my 3D was flying logos mm -hmm. because at the time that was like bread and butter for the company. Right. Like, we had a flying, we could do flying logos all day long and people <laughs> would pay us to do it. And right. It was a great way to learn 3D, motion, lighting, all that stuff really fast. Right. And repetitive, lots of repetitive mm -hmm. work, lots of, you know, keyframing things, hierarchies, yada, yada, yada. Um, but then we start to get some character work. And some of the things were game oriented. So, like, we, mm -hmm. the first thing we did, we did a Gex commercial. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we got an opportunity to do an iNinja commercial, which was this fully animated spot that, you know, turned out great. In fact, Looking over here, a picture of my dad right now it reminds me that was the last project that he and I actually kind of worked on together. Mm. We hired him to do some artwork oh, okay. that was inside mm -hmm. the, the this commercial. I Ninja was looking at paintings on the wall, so mm -hmm. he he created the paintings oh, that I Ninja was looking at. So anyway, um, um, that was our first introduction. But I like I kept saying to them, "Look, guys, we got to get into games. We mm -hmm. got I just." You know, let's be the next Blur, you know, because Blur yeah. had just started hitting the market and blah, blah, blah. And soon as that, you know, we, you know, start, we started putting some feelers out, but we didn't have anything to, that much to show other than, the, you know, the I Ninja piece and whatever. It wasn't like a, you know, like a realistic kind of game scenario. Yeah, it was kind of like comic looking. I comic remember looking, that game. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, but apparently, the story goes, Blur was creating the cinematics for Area 51, the, the in-game, not the in-game, but the, the rendered cinematics for the game. And the story goes, is, is from what I recall, is that they had some kind of crazy hard drive failure back mm. then. Tell me about that shit, man. Yeah, you know a little <laughs> bit about that, right, today? Exactly. <laughs> and so, um, and they had basically lost a lot to work and they were yeah. you know, they had some of it you know they backed up you know, to a certain degree but they had they weren't going to be able to do this teaser trailer that they needed for e3 that year mm -hmm. they could do their big trailer later on but they couldn't right. do this they just gave up they threw up their hands and said we just can't do it mm -hmm. you can take some of these assets and give them to somebody else if, if you think they can get it done but there's no way anybody can get this trailer done in this amount of time right that's a challenge that I'm always going to take. Somebody mm -hmm. tells me you can't do something. Yeah, then yeah, I'm the same way, dude. If somebody I, tells me, if somebody doubts me, there's there's a way to do it. It may not be the best thing in the world. When yeah, you, go, you might but, you might not sleep, but uh, you know, but no. there's there's a way to do it. You know, yeah, fuck, and yeah. so um, same, especially because we hadn't done anything. We took it as a challenge. We'll, we'll do it because we we want right. that. 
You can prove yourself. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, you know, it's still a piece I'm incredibly proud of. The CG itself, of mm. course, is dated. The texturing and the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I remember the, the dramatic uh, impact of everything because I remember we were looking at it and then we looked at the Doom film trailer. Yeah, no, I mean, I, that, you know, I was going to get to, I think the, but the, this, from a storytelling point, from, I mean, from yeah. lighting and mood and all mm -hmm. this, I still think the spot, I mean, that looks from writing, everything, it, 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 you know, it holds up. And that was something we, back then, you know, we had, there was, there was a, a game agency and they hired us. They had done a rough treatment, but it really couldn't be done exactly as it. So I basically mm -hmm. took it and then rewrote half of it and then we resubmitted right. it back to them. So that was my first, you know, thing I also got to write too, you know, get back in yeah. like and write. And then, you know, the whole, we had an incredibly talented team at the time. Um, uh, John McInnes, Jeff Dates, John, uh, John, John Griffith, let's see, did I say John McInnes? Anyways, these amazingly talented people, mm -hmm. all who've gone on to do amazing things in their career all of us got around a table and we just made these little thumbnails mm -hmm. and just started doing, what about an idea like this? And we just started sketching these crappy mm -hmm. little drawings and we started sticking them on a board because right. we had to work fast. Mm -hmm. And so we just stayed up one night drawing thumbnails and go, yeah, that's it. And then the next day, we just started banging out, you know, a previs. You know, right. before that we even, the term previs right. was even being used. <laughs> it was animatic back then, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, but even back then, I was always very keen on one of the reasons this kind of jump forwards is like today, you know, one of the reasons I like to use Unreal Engine mm -hmm. is being able to see everything, being able to right. look at lighting when I'm doing previs. Mm -hmm. you know? So many people when they do do previs or whatever, they're not they're they're more they're they're hundred percent focused on the action of things, where for me it's that mood. It's 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 all it's all important, and you mm -hmm. can set it all at the same time, and you for can, sure. And you can learn so much if you if you do it all at the same time. You can learn a lot. You know what what you can get away with with motion because you know, this is going to be in the dark, or maybe you're going to see something more because you you see how it's lit and you're catching a highlight difference. Right. So the more you can get something to the final image as quickly as possible is is, is something I've always been kind of a proponent yeah. of. You also did. Um then we had Duke Nukem. I remember that because I talked you into <laughs> leaking the trailer. Yeah, yeah, that's been leaked. Uh, luckily, like, no repercussions like, have happened yet. I, I know. That, you was like, should we, should we put it out? I was like, man, fucking put it out. <laughs> I, I, excuse me, guys. I had a few drinks and um, and I was very easily convinced to mm -hmm. put it out. I was luckily, a bad influence in that trouble, moment. You know. Uh, yeah, nobody. And that was that was many years later. That was a, quite a few years later. Um, but was that for the same company or? No, that was for Gearbox. Oh, that's Basically, right. Basically, uh, yeah, Randy Pitchford came over and, uh, you know, Steve was pitching him, you know, us and blah, 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 and then brought me into the conversation. And I mentioned that I worked on Doom and then all of a sudden we clicked. Cause he's right. oh wait, he's a game guy. Mm -hmm. He got right, right there, right, right. he gets games, you know, that he, you know, he, he gets the vibe. And mm -hmm. so, so we ended up doing what was called a, it's a, it's not really a trailer, it's a, what the, they call it a, a vertical slice. Mm -hmm. It's a animated piece to give you an idea of what the game, game. might be like mm -hmm. aspirationally, right. you know? Right. Um, you know, it's funny is, is we were, the game engine they were using at the time, I think was Unreal 3, oh, sure. you know? Uh, and so there were some things, you know, we tried to make it look as good as we could, but still have it feel a little gamey. We weren't trying mm -hmm. to hit, you know, 100% right. photo real. Right. Um, because we, we, one, there's 
time limitations mm-hmm. with, 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 and everything, but we knew it was going to be a bit of a stylized game. But we got to do a lot of creative stuff where we got to come up with ideas and stuff that were eventually going to be you know, put into this game, yeah. Duke Nukem Begins, which never actually got made. You know, there was going, you know, a lot of the right. stuff we were, you know, we were playing around with was, you know, you know, we just came up with stuff like, that's awesome, we should do that, you mm-hmm. know, kind of thing. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that was the title, right? And I think then after that, probably they, dro- was it before, after they released um, Duke Nukem Time to Kill? Because I think that must have been before that because it was no. PlayStation 1 and yours was definitely later. Yours was like... Yeah, no, it was way later. This, basically, this was going to be... PlayStation so basically, it was that. right before they acquired the rights to... They started working on it, on, on Duke Nukem Begins. Then there was some... There's always something with Duke Nukem rights. Some yeah, legal, yeah, yeah. Legal... Yeah, Duke Nukem forever took literally and, forever. And then, so at some point, they ended up getting the rights to finish Duke Nukem forever and mm. then drop Nukem... Duke Nukem begins to finish Duke Nukem forever, you know, mm. which, you know, I don't know if they made the right or wrong decision at yeah, the yeah. time, you know. Uh, there were some things they were doing with Duke Nukem begins. I don't know if, you know, would have been right for Duke, but, right. you know. Uh, yeah. It's it's all, you know, you, you just don't know. You yeah. don't know. But in Gearbox Duke is, also- is such a hard thing to do now. Oh, for sure. You yeah. Know? You know, I, although I think after you know, with, with the Peacemaker being such a success, mm-hmm. I think that that's the model of Duke. You have to you have to have people make fun of him in the world that he's in. Yeah, he can be an obnoxious, you know, in a, in a sexist way, guy, but everybody just has to laugh at him. And exactly, kind of think he's a jerk for it, as opposed to to. Yeah, judging just, it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think it has to be handled differently. Kind of like like Ash versus the Evil Dead. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. still like it. It would be something like that where people laugh about like that he's still a dick. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like and Gearbox is also Borderlands, right? Yeah, yeah. I worked on uh, the Borderland games as well. We helped. Uh, uh, there's a what's the character's name? Angel. Um, that she basically would come in. There was a video element where they filmed the live girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Mikey Newman was their creative director. Brilliant guy. He he very much is a film guy, too. He does mm-hmm. like he does Mikey's film. Like I don't know if you've seen him. He does like film reviews and stuff on Twitter and stuff like yes, that. Mikey's yes, yes. Whatever. Okay. So he was one of the main guys that came up with a, you know, a lot of the creative. And, and he would come in with you know stuff that he would do. Mm-hmm. And animation would help take it to the next level right. and do the work that he couldn't physically do himself because he had too many other things. He's actually mm-hmm. a very talented, you know, computer artist, visual effects guy himself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, but yeah, they would bring us different stuff. We worked with lots of, you know, Randy would bring us stuff over the years. We did, you know, uh, Borderlands 1, 2, and I think uh, uh, Janimation did a little bit of work on on Borderlands Three after I left, mm. but we did the intro. So like, there's these sort of these, they're like drawings that kind of come to life and are yeah. dimensionalized, yeah. and mm-hmm. there's like ink blotty stuff on them stuff. So yeah. we came up with that treatment for mm. okay. for, for all that for that That's stuff. Dope. That was kind of something I came up with was was that sort of uh, uh, that look, and then you right. know we passed it around the studio. I'd come up with a basic look. And then we'd have people try to plus it. Some people would blow me away on some of the stuff they did, and mm-hmm. you know, raise the bar to a completely new level. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that stuff was fun. You know, that was always fun. And then we did uh, what was the other one we did for them? There's Borderlands and shit. You did uh, Rise of the what was that one called? Rise of the Triad. No, but that was, um, that was Rise of the Triad. I just made this little. 
little robot model thing for okay. him. Um, but no, what was the, the game that we did for... Another Gearbox game or what? Yeah, it see. wasn't quite as successful, unfortunately. What's it called? Let me look at my computer, it will tell me. Look at your computer, it will tell you. It has all the answers. It has all Back the answers. Back then, we didn't have that shit. I mean, we did, but no. it had not the answer. <laughs> Unless you had the fucking answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> fucking dial-up modem. God damn it. Okay, let's see. Library. My that one called? Battleborn. I've never heard of that. Yeah, so this one, we, this is, this was an interesting one. Um, so this was done by two companies. Uh, Digital, Digital Domain did the first chunk of it, it mm -hmm. um, you know, which is one of the big VFX right. companies. For films, right? right? Yeah, they, yeah. They've, you know, they've done quite a bit of game stuff as, you know, stuff as well. Mm -hmm. They did sort of the, the, the character animation portion of this, but what was interesting, they got to a certain point with them, and there's a sequence where the universe blows up. Mm -hmm. Like the whole universe, mm -hmm. and you're gonna fly <laughs> through this universe. And they had been planning to do it in this very sort of um, Fantasia-like, mm -hmm. uh, painterly sort of thing, and it just didn't end up having enough impact right. for what they were doing. So. Basically, they threw us a lifeline, you know, or gearbox or sorry, a lifeline. They gave, you know, they, 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 they threw up a flag and like, help, if you can do this. So we ended up doing this sequence at the end of this thing. There's all this stuff that Digital Domain did, but at some point, let's see where we get to it. And I'll show you. Yeah, looks like a strategy game. It's kind of like a combo. It's it's a little mm -hmm. bit like Fortnite, I'd say, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but this sequence here was the sequence where we took over, basically, because we had to start in. And then okay, pull and back the... and do one of those things, you know, and mm -hmm. fly through the, you know, start off on guys shooting and fly, you know, pull back and fly through the universe, which is, it's always, it's always seems easy. Mm -hmm. That shit's always a bitch. Anytime mm -hmm. you have to travel immense distances, even in the computer. Especially from like crazy detailed. And yeah, then... from crazy detail like mm -hmm. this to try to get all the way up, you know, we got a little, we have a little, we have little packs there to do that, but right, you, know, you can cheat still, a little bit, but it's still. tricky. So yeah, we ended up having you know fly through all this crap and explode all this, still keeping it stylized so it had a fantasy look to it, mm -hmm. you know. But it was fun, I, you it's, know. It's still, I love, yeah, it was a lot of fun. What would be your dream project now? Like, what would you want to do on a project? And you know, really, I think. I mean, you and I, we have to do a Doom movie. We, we have to make a Doom movie. I think. A real you know, one. I, and I really don't think. I, I, it that's 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 a possible dream it's not an impossible dream but so yeah you know uh it can't be done for too little money though no it has to be you fucking, can't do yeah. another four million dollar doom movies. Mm -hmm. as much as that guy that put his heart and soul in, into you know into making that you know with that little money it's just a point you're not where talking about the rock one right because that must no, have had no, a I'm big talking one about the most recent one you oh know? The, the fucking doom annihilation or whatever that yeah, was terrible yeah, dude. you know uh, what was know, the rock budget? I wanted to look that shit up. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't tiny, but it no, for sure. I mean, it certainly wasn't. Uh, Doom is a, it's a big scale. You mm -hmm. know, I think you can do it now. You know, of course, you're going to have people's different opinions. Of, sixty million is what they had on the yeah. the one with the rock. I could do a hell of a Doom movie for sixty million. Fuck now. yeah! And it only made wow, it, it flopped. I mean, obviously, but it made only fifty eight. Mm -hmm. Well, oh, you know. Fucking yeah, that was that was a shame, man. Like, 
everybody's got their own ideas. I love reading people. You know, I'm a Doom fan. Even though, you know, yeah. I'm not just a. I mean, that's how on. you and I met. Yeah. No, you know, I'm a Doom fan. I love talk. You know, talking Doom with the fans. Right, so, right, know, right. There are people that happen to know that I worked on it or whatever. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm I'm more than happy to talk. Uh, yeah. With the Doom fans, but I love reading people's ideas of what the Doom movie should be. Right. Oh, you know, it should be about the Slayer, mm-hmm. and he's undefeatable, and he never says anything, and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. It's like, you don't know much about filmmaking because that's you don't want a guy, right? Right. You know, and then you know, okay, he's not going to fucking lose. What's the- <laughs> what's the point? And then you know, that's the thing is you have to, you've got to have real threat, you know, mm-hmm. and you you can't have. I don't think personally, I don't think Doom guy should mm-hmm. be. And, and, a Superman. And it, yeah. Can he, I think he should be the toughest, toughest motherfucker that ever lived, mm. but he can't be to the point you don't believe that he's right. something, you know, I just want him to be, you know, the baddest dude ever. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that's him. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, I think he's more like, you know, um, Mad Max than he is, right. you know. Um, yeah, rather than a fucking superhero. Like, and that's, yeah. I think, the, the issue with the newer games too, where it's like he almost seems like, okay. Yeah. Nobody can fuck with him. You know, to me, it's the last man standing kind of thing. I right. think that's what's you know, yeah, cool about it. You know, I think that there's you know, I think it should be a crew for sure, and he would be well the last one that survives, and like a bunch of fucking people that get killed. Yeah, and or maybe everybody gets killed right in the middle, and you know, beginning, yeah. and it's just him getting out of this fucking right, hell right. hole. Yeah. You know, it's you know, it's a combination of. Um, uh, you know, it's a it's a survival movie. You know, because mm-hmm. that to me, the yeah, you know, kind of the, the the picture of that. You know, my my the, the, the classic painting my father created for the cover. Yeah. Of the Doom guy just standing there, like just grabbing you know, him. Mm-hmm. You know, some people see him as as like he's about to to lose. To or some people see him as about to win, right? Mm-hmm. But both I I see him as he's 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 about to get his ass. Kicked. He's struggling. Yeah, that's what no, I see yeah, too. Yeah, and and that's I mean, he should you Doom guy shouldn't be a guy that's going to just automatically win, you right? Know? You should just think, Yeah, because otherwise it's boring. It's like, boring. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, but it has to be big. You know, yeah. you, you you know, it has to it has to it has to have an epic scale to it. You For know? sure, you can't do it all in claustrophobic no. you know, corridors. Now, yeah. going back and forth from a small place to a big place to a big small place, arenas. I think that's actually what worked well from a game standpoint in the original game and in the current games. You know, mm-hmm. I think they could go a little bit more into the small spaces for sure, the yeah. current games. More, more the way they did in Doom 3 almost. Yeah, but they never, yeah. Doom 3, though, I think stayed there too much. I think there's- That's what I mean, like, yeah. yeah. They stayed there too much. Mm-hmm. They needed the that that texture difference between break small worlds, mm-hmm. big worlds, you know? Because yeah. they were thinking about getting trapped in those things and you'd go into these big worlds and you had to change your strategy, yeah. how you were fighting and Especially stuff Especially like also that. because then you can have bigger creatures and shit, which yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think... But it's, I think it's cool, but I think at the point when you, again, there's a point where you take it too far where mm-hmm. it's like, I feel that some of the 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 kaiju-sized creatures oh, yeah. in the current Doom aren't, they're, to me, they're almost not threatening to a mm-hmm. certain extent because yeah. Because of uh, that, I got a dog whining outside the door. It's going to add some sweet. <laughs> it's not <audio>. threatening. <laughs> that's funny. Um, shit, dude. So what yeah, else? so that's uh, that's all that. Uh, that's dope, though. I think I don't know, man. I think it's. Uh, I mean, first of all, I'm I'm so fucking glad we met. Uh, but it's also so interesting to see like where you started and that you still like you're combining it all you know like when i come over here and you're working on the like that was the coolest thing to me when i saw you working on this sculpture of a 
demon based on a painting by your dad. I mean, that's so fucking dope because that, I don't know, man, it's... You know, that's, that's, that's just a, that's a labor of love right there. That's, I mean... Yeah, but that's important. <laughs> yeah, I mean, though love is, I mean, that's, you know, my, again, like I said in the beginning of this conversation, you know, I'm a product of my dad, you know, mm -hmm. and so this is kind of like a, a tribute to him, you know, me working yeah. on that stuff. But also, you know, the stuff out in the garage and working on the Doom artwork stuff that I do as a hobby, you know, right. versus what I do for, you know, a lot of people, it's funny, they actually think I'm trying to make a living doing this stuff. <laughs> I would go broke right. trying to, I, I can't make a living selling statues. Yeah. And, and, and I have to charge way more than I would like to right. for these things, you mm -hmm. know, because otherwise I just, I can't do them. Right, you know, I, right. You can't so make a, I can't make a hundred and fifty dollar statue for somebody. Mm -hmm. I would go broke. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, a painted one hundred fifty. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. You wouldn't do anything two, else. I'd be working for a dollar an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I was lucky. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So you know that's not it's not a feasible yeah. thing. You know, I, I would. My ideal situation is all these things would be, per, the rights would be purchased by you know. Id, Microsoft, mm -hmm. or whatever, and they they would mass produce these you know these creatures for the fans as they should, man. You know, but if not, you know, if somebody wants to you know send me you know five grand for one, I'll, right. I'll you know I'll think about it. You right. know, if I'm not busy, and even at that, right. I'm not making money on it. You know, it's not like I'm right. It's it's really so I can buy more machines and have tax write-offs and tax write-offs. You know, it's like because that's all. I mean, all that stuff's right. a loss, but at least if I'm right, sure right, that I'm working on it, right, I, right. I can write some taxes off. You yeah. know, I can. Get to make one, you know, I can have an arch file for my shelf that maybe somebody's mm -hmm. paid for a little bit of the hours, mm -hmm. you know. They look um, good, though. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, I've gotten some rude responses from film folks when they've asked me, you know, how much these, these things were, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, it but is I mean, what it is. Yeah, yeah, you got to put it in perspective and especially like all the work that goes into it and all that. No, you ask one of these guys, you know, maybe they, I don't know what they do for a living, but if you ask them, say, Cool. Would you work for three weeks for, you know, one hundred and fifty dollars on something? I keep saying that too because yeah, they people, just don't understand the work. That yeah, goes into especially it. like people also they ask me for so many favors and all that and like, it's, and I love doing favors whenever I can. But it's also like so many times I'm like guys, like would you? Yeah, exactly. What like you said, would you go to your job and be like, hey, I'm gonna do this shit for free now? You know, it's it's the same thing. Just because it's something creative, yeah, it's not less of a yeah, job. Yeah, but you gotta let people pay you when they offer you to pay. Like when I'm asking you something, like, dude, let me pay you. You're you, my pay. friend. That's different. But when some random on the internet is like, hey, Dan, you can do this for me. I'm like, yeah, I yeah, got you. Go, I got go, you. Go you know what I'm day. saying, though. Yeah, yeah. No, fuck that. But it's different, dude. Because like with you, it's like we're gonna work together on shit, anyways. Like that is the you know what I mean. Like so, it's it's different. Um, but that's the thing. Just because it's something creative, people sometimes think it's not work. You know, yeah, they don't realize. You know, while you just spent you know, literally weeks of time right. to even get it to a print, like these things to a printing stage, presentable. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the arch file is yeah. probably before I ever got them to to printable. I probably spent them. A month. Yeah, I remember you were tweaking that shit. You I were, worked on it for a year before you were I ever. I didn't work on. I mean, worked on it for a year off and on. So many prints and all that. Oh, yeah. and by the time I get the prints right and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. But also, it's just you know, you know, I'm still working on this. I'm, I'm you know, I've got a spider mastermind. You got, got the, the pinky? art file and the pinky. You know. Um, yeah. Recently, you know, I came up with the idea. It's a stolen idea because I saw a meme of it once. Mm -hmm. But is to do is to do. You know the. Pinky in the Brain yeah. show. Yeah, I saw a meme of it. It was like you know the Pinky and the Spider it the Mastermind. Pinky, it was the Pinky in the Brain from Spider and the Mastermind, mm -hmm. right? They they were like in the thing. Oh, that's dope. But to do the whole animated open uh -huh. with Pinky yeah, in the yeah, Brain, yeah. just those that two, would do, that would be so fucking. It would funny. own the internet for a day at that least. That would be dope. Okay, we gotta do that shit. That's fucking funny.
So yeah, I was thinking about that last night. That'd be kind of fun. Pinky and the brain from man, that's dope. Pinky, pinky and the brain, <laughs> brain, 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 brain. It's so funny though, like when uh, when I first came in, you got all these Doom relics. Like when you you have all the stuff from Doom sixty four, which by the way, for those yeah, who right listening, I got a t shirt from the shirt right there. Yeah, yeah. so that's kind of dope. Oh, my battery's running low, so we're good. <laughs> okay, let's wrap it up. All right, man. We're, 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 we're at, uh, we are at an hour and nine minutes. All right. Okay, so cool. So that's perfect time. Well, so, dude, this, I mean, as you said, I'm so, yeah, stoked that we've met. I mean, oh, for sure. You know, it's, uh, it's been, you know, been one of the, the, the highlights of the pandemic. Same, yeah, been, for right sure. Now. I mean, yeah, and I mean, it, it was like... Weird. It was just, you know, we met and kind of got along and right away we we're like, oh, let's hang out. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's watch monster, monster movies. Monster movies, yeah. So, yeah. Well, anyways, thanks for doing this, man. I think yeah, this anytime. is going to be interesting for a lot of people that don't know what you're doing and all that. You know what I mean? And I think, I don't know, I always like doing this and just talk creative with you like-minded know, people. Cool. Awesome. Well, we can do this and again if you ever want to. Let's do fun. it. Yeah, let's do it. We get you drunk and I'll do something. <laughs> there you go. Well, you don't know what it is, but you'll do we'll, it. We'll yeah, figure but, something out, yeah. and then there will be more. I just say, you know, you, you don't microdose those mushrooms next you time. Gotta, you just go ahead and we just both take just a maxi handful, dose them, and then we just record and then, what we and talk describe about all we, night, <laughs> and then we listen to it the next day. That would be so funny. That would be the funniest time capsule ever. Of like, it would be us, the best, actually. Us fucking tripping out. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we got the next episode. That's the next. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and yeah, thanks for polluted minds. It will be exactly. <laughs> all right. Bye. Polluted Minds Podcast.